0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of Pro Bono Institute's Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm David Lipscomb, Director of Strategic Communications for PBI. In case this is your first time listening, the Pro Bono Happy Hour is our new series of podcasts in which we highlight Law Firm Pro Bono Challenge signatories and Law Firm Pro Bono Project members. On this podcast, PBI communications specialist Yvette Crenshaw interviews Lisa Borden, pro bono shareholder at Baker, Donaldson, Behrman, Caldwell, and Berkowitz. Lisa joined us to talk about Baker Donaldson's pro bono program, and she gave us some advice to pass on to newcomers to pro bono, as well as a peek at upcoming projects for the firm, along with a few other things we think you'll want to hear. As always, the Pro Bono Happy Hour is here to help make you a little bit smarter about pro bono and liven up your commute, lunch, break, or work day. We hope you enjoy.
1: Hey, Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the pro bono program at your firm. Okay, I'm
2: Lisa Borden. I'm the pro bono shareholder at Baker Donaldson, and um, we are a... Uh, um, About a 700-lawyer firm that is located primarily in the southeastern United States um, as well as in Washington, D.C., which some people think is the south and some don't, uh, and Houston. uh, Far west is Houston. Um, So we have about 19 offices, and um, I oversee pro bono in all of those offices.
1: Okay. And how long have you been at the firm and in your position?
2: I have been with the firm... um, or or it's Birmingham predecessor, where I'm resident in our Birmingham, Alabama office uh, for about 25 years. Uh, But I've been in the pro bono position for about six years.
1: And what's the pro bono governance structure? Is there a committee? How's the program managed?
2: Sure. Well, we we do have a pro bono committee, um, and uh, we always had a pro bono committee ever, ever since I've been associated with Baker Donaldson. My my Birmingham law firm merged with Baker Donaldson probably about 13 or 14 years ago, and there was a pro bono committee existing at that time, and I joined that committee. Um, and it was a very you know, enthusiastic, active committee, but it had the problem that I think a lot of those kinds of committees have, which is uh, everybody had a full-time practice, including me at that time. And um we started looking around and, and saying to ourselves, what you know, what can we do to move our pro bono program forward? What are big firms in bigger markets doing that we're not doing um that would maybe make our pro bono program more robust? And we pretty quickly identified that having uh someone who could focus their time on pro bono, um, on looking for the right programs, the right fits for our firm, uh, it, you know, doing things to encourage people to do more pro bono was really the thing that we were missing. Um, it happened to come along at an at an excellent time for me because um, I had been involved in a great big um, employment class action for about 10 years It was sort of winding down. And so it was a, a really good time for me to choose to make that transition. Uh, so now we have, we still have our committee in place um it has both shareholders and associates as well as some uh staff people in some of the in some of the offices um but we have representatives from every office on our on our committee
1: okay sure and how are you guys using pro bono to develop core competencies
2: okay um yeah i think that's such an important topic because um it's becoming more and more and more important as we go along um when i started practicing law 25 years ago uh My law firm had, you know, kind of a similar client mix to what we have now, maybe smaller companies, but it was largely corporate, and um, our corporate clients would have small litigation matters that were, you know, not worth a whole lot of money, and they would, um, I would just be given these cases to go and try. You know, I probably in my first three or four years of practice, I, I tried dozens of cases. They were little cases, but nevertheless, I got to go to trial. Um, and that's just not the way the world works anymore and so um and I, and that's true not only in the litigation side but also in the transactional side, you know um our clients, and I think from every big firm um their clients are are not sending us matters where they want some young associate to just take the thing and run with them so um, their opportunities to go to trial or take a deposition or Negotiate a contract are much much more limited than they were 25 years ago. So um, recently, uh, two of our associates here in the Birmingham office tried a federal jury case. One of those associates was a, his, is in his first year of practice. Um, we had a it was an inmate um, civil rights petition, and the way the way it works is that the court. If the inmate's petition survives summary judgment, they ask a law firm to take the case for trial. So we did, and um, these two associates—I um, I supervised them. You know, I was there for every minute of the trial and oversaw things, but they did it all. They picked a jury. They, you know, examined all the witnesses, introduced all the exhibits. They did the whole thing, and that is just such a rarity for um, young associates to have that opportunity um, because, you know, even if their shareholders that they work with have a trial, um, the client is no longer, you know, that's the day that the client wanted to pay for the younger lawyers to tote the briefcase and learn is long, long over. So how is pro bono celebrated or acknowledged at the firm? Um well we're actually right now um our committee is in the process of selecting our annual pro bono award members, uh our winners. And um what we do is we have one firm wide winner and then most of the offices usually will also have an office um winner. Uh and and we, we really take those things very seriously. The folks get um you know, they do get something up a, a little um uh statue thing for their for their office. Uh but they also are recognized um, at firm events. Every office will have uh sort of a start of the new fiscal year celebration sometime in the spring and they will be recognized at that. They'll get um uh you know sort of press around the firm in our internal marketing. Um we also usually do press release releases and so a lot of the local markets will pick up, you know This lawyer won their firm firm pro bono award and and run a little item about what they did, which is great. And um, then our firm-wide winner, uh, our CEO, has an event every year called the CEO Circle at our headquarters in Memphis where um, he personally recognizes people who have done, um, you know, sort of very noteworthy things for the firm. And our pro bono winner is one of the people who's invited to that event with our CEO.
1: Okay, let's switch gears here a little. So you've been in your position for about six years now. What advice would you give to someone new to a pro bono program?
2: Um, I gosh, you know <laughs> that that's kind of a hard question because it's so much. It's so much about firm culture, and may, maybe that is the advice. You know that um, it, it really is about um, knowing your firm culture, knowing where the Um, the soft spots are, knowing where the rough spots are, knowing, you know, how to approach different um, constituencies within your firm. And, um, you know, every firm is always going to have the spectrum from people who are just incredibly enthusiastic about pro bono down to people who, you know, are going to be curmudgeons till the end of time. And for me um I think part of it is to to not not feel that I have to win over every curmudgeon because probably if I tried to do that, I would just make them mad um but to know how to um how to respect the curmudgeons and you know just just let them know that. Um, you know, I, I, I understand your position and that's fine and we're still friends and I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to do anything that is going to have a negative impact on you.
1: Sure. And that makes sense. Now, let's switch gears here a little bit. Partnerships are becoming increasingly popular. Are you guys partnering with any legal departments or law firms or public interest organizations? Um,
2: We've done a little bit, and particularly with a couple of our clients in the Nashville area whose, you know, in-house lawyers have wanted to have reached out to us and said, you know, we would like to get involved in some pro bono, and can you help us do that? Um, Unlike a lot of the larger firms that are located in bigger markets, we don't have – a lot of our clients are not headquartered where we are. Their legal departments are not where we are. So we don't have, you know, quite the same, I think, um, as as many opportunities or as many broad opportunities to do that as a lot of bigger firms because the legal office, if there is a legal office where we are, it may be very small. Um, but so, for example, in Nashville, um, we've had a couple of different clients reach out to us about they had, a, you know, an office that had maybe two lawyers or um, in, in one case a lawyer and several paralegals. Uh, um that we're interested in doing some pro bono work and we've been able to involve them in some things that we already had going on um particularly we run some um homeless shelter legal clinics that recur every month in Nashville and we've we've just incorporated the folks who wanted to get involved in something in working with us at the at the homeless clinic
1: okay so what's on the horizon for your program is there anything you're looking forward to over the next year or so Anything that you're currently working on? Anything like that?
2: We started um, a couple of years ago, we started here in Alabama um, working on what I refer to as the debtor's prison problem. And, um, and you know, that's, that's something that has gotten very recently a lot of um, public attention because of the DOJ report about the Ferguson, Missouri Municipal Court. But that is a problem that's extremely widespread, particularly across the southeast, and it's something that we started working on in Alabama on on something of a small scale in the sense that we've just filed some lawsuits against some municipalities. Um, but we're we're now building a much broader based um, approach to that across our footprint. So I think we'll have um not only some some additional um lawsuits that we are are planning to file um in in different jurisdictions, but also some other kinds of um advocacy efforts. So um efforts directed at um legislation uh to try you know, to try to Help our state legislatures understand that um you know that they have a role in preventing our municipal courts from um being run off the backs of poor people um some um other kinds of public advocacy working with um some of our more advocacy related organizations like appleseed um, and also uh working with some of our um courts to educate um our courts about the about the problem and you know how they can correct the problem before it gets out of hand. Um and also um our Supreme Courts to try to get our Supreme Courts to issue the right kind of guidance to lower courts about what they can and can't do when they're dealing with indigent people. So that's definitely one thing. Um I'd say the other thing is that we you know we we have been very involved um, again, mostly on a local level um, with issues of, on the criminalization of homelessness, which is kind of related to that debtor's prison problem. Um, but we are sort of expanding um, our involvement in that from operating um, clinics to help individual homeless people with their cases to, again, more a little bit more broad-based advocacy and, and looking at some impact litigation there.
1: Sure, that makes sense. So what's the one thing? The one thing that keeps you up at night, the one thing you can't stop thinking about? What is that one thing you would change about access
2: to justice? Wow, do I only have to pick one? <laughs> That's so hard. Can I get 3 wishes like a like a genie? <laughs> um, uh, well so I think one one of them would be um Funding, you know, there's, and that that goes from the civil side of, you know, um, funding for legal service organizations, whether that's LSC funding or IOLTA funding, um, which has, you know, taken a big hit in the last decade or so. Um, but uh, and onto the other side of funding for. Um, for indigent defense in in, in the criminal context. And I think, you know, especially down here in the southeast where we are, um, state legislatures are always doing everything they can to take money away from indigent people, especially people who are charged with crimes, and to just push that down as far as they can. So i definitely change the funding um, situation, and I think that would would, um, resolve a lot of problems. Um, let's see, um, I would, uh, definitely focus on criminalization of homelessness because I think that that's becoming a more and more widespread problem, uh, and it's one that's difficult to fix because it's hard for it to be done other than on a local level. You know, so many, um, municipalities are passing these criminalization laws, and so it's a situation where you keep having to go to each little jurisdiction and try to resolve the problem on a a one-by-one basis, and I'd love to have a wand that would just wipe all of that away. Um, And then I would certainly um, abolish the death penalty, and I think that would resolve a lot of access to justice problems too.
1: Yeah, wow. Those are certainly big issues to tackle, and we definitely thank you for your dedication to those issues. And it looks like we're out of time, so I want to take this time to thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, sure. That was, that was easy. <laughs> thank you all, too.
0: Once again, that was Lisa Borden of Baker, Donaldson, Bearman, Caldwell, and Berkowitz. Thanks again to Lisa for sharing her time and knowledge. To listen to more podcasts in this series or learn about additional Pro Bono resources, visit www.probonoinst.org podcasts. If you're interested in having your firm featured on the Pro Bono Happy Hour, please email us at probono at probonoinst.org. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon on the Pro Bono Happy Hour.